Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's all about genealogy your way. That's right. Genealogy your way. Uh, we're here with the owner from Kitsap County, Washington, Jolene Atchison. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Pleasure to have you here, sweetheart. So you mentioned uh, the title of your company, GenYourWay.net is the website. It's Genealogy Your Way. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the company and about yourself to begin? Not at all. I'd be happy to do that. My la- my name is Jolene Aitchison. The last name is a Scottish name and oh. has an extra I in it. So it sound- It looks like it should be oh, Atchison, so but it's actually... That's okay. That's what happens when you work with names. <laughs> exactly. But, it's, but I actually know someone with that name, so I pronounce it Atchison, so I'm so sorry. We will. Oh, that's no problem. Good. Well, thank you for being here and for joining of us. Of course. And would you sure. mind telling us a little bit about your company? Absolutely. Not at all. My company is an, out, uh, an outcome of my interest in genealogy as an individual. I have worked on my family history as long. I can't even remember a time when I didn't love hearing stories about my own family history. And as time went on and I helped other people with theirs and began teaching classes and giving presentations, um, I also started doing research for others and they offered to pay me. And all of a sudden I realized, hey, I'm a professional. I better have a company. So in 2011, I formed my company and called it Genealogy Your Way. I feel like it's really important that people under have the opportunity to have their family history discovered in a way that is meaningful to them. And, um, and so I try to do that in, in, uh, in the work that I do for others. Beautiful. You're also a speaker and presenter on various topics related to genealogy and, of course, uh, family history. So exciting to know we have someone here. We're going to talk today about personal history and genealogy, helping others get started, and, of course, even some research opportunities. Uh, but first, I would love to find out more about you, Jolene. You said your dad uh, worked from home as an accountant. Uh, talk to me about that relationship and what brought you here. Sure. Thank you. Uh, my dad is a wonderful man. He's still living. He's 93 years old, which is really that helpful with genealogy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, he, for most of my growing up years, he was a work-from-home accountant. So we were introduced early to typewriters and adding machines mm-hmm. and calculators and the kinds of things that um, use your mind and your hands. And uh, as we, uh, as I grew up, I realized, or I thought, that I wanted to be an accountant like my dad. Mm-hmm. But I discovered pretty early on that I didn't quite have the mind for numbers that he does, which was a little disappointing to him. But I have a sister who does, so that's okay. Um, so I went the direction of being a secretary, and my parents sent me actually to learn to type when I was uh, in sixth grade. So I had a, a you know an early education in office-type Things. And one of our favorite games to play when I was a child was to pull out the encyclopedia set, assign each other a topic, and research. So it was just sort of a natural progression for me as I started to ask my grandparents questions. And I think what triggered that was my paternal grandfather died when I was just four years old, and I have no memory of him. So my Grandma would tell me stories about my grandpa, and as she did that, she also told me about 
stories about her own family. And I still have notes from when I was a teenager that I took when she was telling me things. You are so smart so, to do that. If we all could have done uh, well, that. I think I would advise that to everyone. The very first place to go is to your relatives and, and your own memories. Um, so it just it just became something that I did along with everything else that I did. I married young. We had lots of children. And, um, and so it was something that you know, kind of had to parallel my life, and I had to carve out time for it. But I loved it enough that it was worth putting the extra time and effort into it and becoming familiar with other people in the industry and um, stepping out into the dark a little bit to do things that may not have been comfortable but were of interest to me. So I'm, I'm, I wear, I'm yeah. where I am now. Oh, could you tell me how many kids you have? I'm curious now. <laughs> I have nine. I have nine children. Oh my goodness! Congratulations. Yes. What are the age Thank ranges? You. God bless you. I know someone with six. I thought that was a lot. What are the age ranges? <laughs> well, it was a lot when I had. To. Well, they are forty-nine down to thirty-two. Oh my goodness! Wow, mm-hmm. that is amazing. Yep. Clearly, wow. Thank you. Oh my goodness! And now to track their lives, and then they're like, you know, the lineage, what happens, and all the family trees. Boy, oh boy, you must be very thorough. And now you have a lot more oh, people yes. <laughs> that you're, yes. oh my gosh, accountable for. God bless. Well, thank you for thank for you sharing that. My goodness. And by the way, I mean, all these. How new is this company? When did you start doing this, or have you always done it? I don't know how anyone could work with nine children. Nine children is more of a job than anything. Right. So I I did a lot of volunteer work when the kids were at home. I also homeschooled most of them. So we we were at home. I could actually do genealogy while they were doing their schoolwork, which I did. But I also volunteered and uh, helped other people do their genealogy along the way. It was in about uh, 2001 I taught a class at a local library with a couple of other ladies. And at that point, the local historical society started sending letters, sending the letters they received asking for genealogical assistance to me. And I started helping other people, and they would they would pay me for that service. In 2011 was when I began speaking for a national company. Mm-hmm. At that point, I really had to pull myself together and create a company. So Genealogy Your Way has been an official legal business since 2011. Amazing. And you're helping others get started, too. Do you want to share a little bit about that as well? Absolutely. I... Uh, I love to help people get started. That may be my favorite part of it because... Because you love it, love light... it, love it. <laughs> I saw that yes, on the website. Yes. <laughs> and so so they, so they, when the light goes on for them, it's a success for me. And whether it is a paid gig or volunteer work, uh, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'm not really in it for the money, but I've been lucky to be able to earn money with something that I love doing. I have volunteered in... Uh, senior centers and taught classes in senior centers. I've taught lots of classes in my church. I uh, gather people wherever I can. For five years, I organized a genealogy conference in our county and invited people from all over the region to come. I, I got speakers besides myself to participate and offer different areas of expertise. But uh, sometimes I just... In, I just let people know I'm going to be doing genealogy tonight, and they're welcome to come over. And I'll have four or five people come over and sit around my table and and 
with our laptops, we can do all kinds of things. So I, I have, I feel like I have a, a good breadth of experiences with both, uh, volunteer and professional. I'm very active in my local genealogical society and give a talk there at least twice a year. And in fact, I'm giving a, a making a presentation to another genealogical society in March. So uh, I have enough opportunities to keep my feet in the water and make myself stay up with how things are going and loving it all along the way. Amazing. Well, thank you for being here and for joining us. This is exciting work that you do. It's genyourway.net. And is there uh, another form of contact, phone number, email address you want to share before we take a quick break? Sure. My email address is yourpedigree, all one word, at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U-R-P-E-D-I-G-R-E-E at gmail.com. Love it. All right, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more after the break. Don't go anywhere. Parallels Desktop, the number one choice of Mac users to run Windows on Mac. Windows applications run effortlessly. Parallels Desktop is seamless and fast. Whether you need to run a Windows program, develop or test, game, or just looking for the ultimate flexibility without having to restart, you're completely covered with Parallels Desktop for Mac. Fast, powerful, and easy. Have you been affected by COVID? Need help with life coaching or growing your business? I am a business psychologist, trained consultant, and coach that can get you hired or get your business or nonprofit back on track. My services include strengthening and growing family-owned small businesses, career and interview coaching for individuals, resume writing, business and marketing planning, strategic planning, and consulting for small business owners. Become more during COVID. Please visit AJGanalytics.com for more. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcasts on the go and don't miss a minute of the action. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Jen, your way. We're talking all about genealogy here and the owner of the company who can help you anywhere around the world, help you get started, help you find out more about your family. And let me just ask, um, you know, for someone like myself, a perfect example, I have my, my mom unfortunately passed six years ago and I never did any DNA, any genetic testing. Uh, and um, she has a sister, but still trying to throw the pieces together, really, it's upsetting. What year was my grandma born? My great grandma born? Where were they born? And long story right. short, I found out my grandpa was from an uh, orphanage uh, and so in Poland right so how often do you find people who don't really have much information except maybe a name maybe a birth date and like how does the process begin I'm sure there's amazing stories if you can share a few um, of the people you've helped in some types of you know you know situations like that where maybe you don't have that much information but then again you do (laughs) you know the ins (laughs) and outs of tracking things down like that Yes, that's a difficult one. Orphanage situations are tough, especially in in Europe like that. But 
Um, there are many people who come to me who know very little. I find out what I can from them and then just start searching. Each, each experience is different. For, for me, for instance, I know a lot of my family history, but I still have a third great grandfather that's absolutely elusive. So I could just keep looking for new records, new ways, and DNA has really added a, a, an exciting component to the research. But generally when people get started and I'm working with them, what I ask them first to do is provide me what they know. Ask a few questions of relatives if they have them still living. Uh, they may even discover that they have a, an aunt or a distant cousin who has actually done some of the research. Uh, it, it makes a difference if it's a, a common name or an uncommon name. And then again, location makes a big difference. Now, for instance, in Poland, there's a huge uh, resurgence right now of providing more records. And more people with Polish ancestry or ancestors in Poland are finding records available that were not available before. Family Search, which is a, a, the genealogy arm of the LDS Church, has cameras all over the world. They are digitizing records all over the world, and there's a place on their site you can look and watch the numbers just scroll up and up and up as they add more records. So for me as a researcher, those are the exciting things. It's records becoming available and knowing where to look for the records. I know that for someone who wants help doing their genealogy, sometimes they do just want to know a name and a place. But sometimes they want the newspaper stories or the journal entries or did they serve in the Revolutionary War? Did they, wow. were they, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. And so... Technically, genealogy is the pedigree portion of this kind of work, and then there's the family history, which is more the biographical part of this same work, and you basically can't do one without the other. As you try to extend the pedigree, you reach a point where, for instance, with an orphanage in Poland, you would need to look at what was happening at the time and why someone might have been put in an orphanage, what orphanages were there. So a lot of it has to do with literally personal experience mm -hmm. and, pers and the family experience. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. Could you share a story or two about how you helped someone track someone down? Like, I'm sure you have plenty of stories that uh, would, you know, fill our listeners' ears with joy. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes, I have. Um, I have a few. A few. There, there's one that's especially um, important to me because of the amount of work that it took. Mm -hmm. the, the doing this kind of work, it's sort of like a jigsaw puzzle that's missing critical pieces, and uh, and and again, it has to do with whether or not records are actually available. So, I was working for a man one time, and the family name was Smith. So you can understand immediately from hearing that name, right, that it might be hard to sort through all the Smiths. Uh, his name was Thomas Smith, the person we were looking for, and he was from the South, the, the South of the United States. That pro poses a little bit of a special problem because of the Civil War and the records that were destroyed during the Civil War era. What was ex especially exciting about this one was that we had names of individuals around Thomas Smith, but we didn't know how they were related. And I had to track back through Texas 
and Oklahoma into Virginia and then into South Carolina where it looked like a dead end. But there happened to be one collection of probate records that was actually filmed and available for me to search online. And I found Thomas Smith's probate record in South Carolina, even though he had died in Texas. It was an absolutely exciting thing for me to go just to find a Smith in the first place, but to have that route and then have such a clear record at the end of the trail to uh, verify that this man was indeed the ancestor of my client. Beautiful. Amazing. I could imagine the awe in people's voices and their bodies and how exciting it is to to make these type of connections that you're helping people with. My goodness. Right. um, In my own family, I have one that I love to share. I have an ancestor who was in Lausanne, Switzerland. Um, And as I started researching that family, I discovered that he had been what's called the registrar uh, in a small village in Vaux, the canton of Vaux, which is like a county or even a state. Um, And it turned out that every single record that I was viewing as I did my research had been written in his hand. And when I realized that, that that signature at the bottom was my third great-grandfather, it was a punch to the heart almost. Like, I can see how he wrote that. And then I discovered that he had been a minister during the Swiss Religious Reformation and had uh, not been able to continue teaching the, the tenets of that particular religion and was persecuted for not doing that. He ended up being arrested and jailed and cast out. So he became very much a real person to me, and uh, I love to learn anything more about him that I can. Thank you again for sharing that. Again, go to the website. It's jenyourway.net, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. Look at you promoting our podcast there. Awesome, awesome. So excited to have <laughs> you join us. And I saw this something about a cemetery website. Is that true? There's You can help find out where somebody's buried at a long-lost relative, Absolutely. Too. There, so there are several cemetery websites, and it's one of the good places to start. I have a cousin who only, almost exclusively, uses Find a Grave. Oh. There's also Billion Graves, and there are some mm-hmm. others. But Find a Grave is, and Billion Graves are similar in that people go to cemeteries, take pictures of headstones, upload them to the site, and then other people, and this is one of the research opportunities, other people transcribe the information from the headstones so that it's a searchable index. Then you can go and look for someone there. Now, everyone's not going to be there, and every headstone is not going to be indexed. But uh, many people will use those sites to add additional biographical information. My daughter was working on her husband's family one time, and we found um, four generations of pictures and biographical stories on find a grave. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of places to go. And one of the presentations I love to make is talking about the internet sites that are available for individuals to go and do their own research and how, how you can use those together to get a complete picture of your family. 
Amazing. I love this. This is so exciting. And, uh, you know, we all want to know more about our history. And it's just, you know, with someone like my mom passing, I just wish I knew then to get more information from her. So I'm urging everyone yeah. like, to make sure you write stuff down. You know, the, yeah. those things are so important. And um, yeah. as we get older, it's something you should really consider putting down in writing. Um, so obviously, just want to talk about this. So you offer okay. different types of packages, right? I was looking before. There's um, you do a research, then there's brick wall research, on-site research. You give out a whole report. What are some of the most important services that you uh, that you have, or any um, you know packages that you want to share? I think the most important one to me is the um, the I forgot what I call it. The getting started one. I'm not looking at my own website. That's fine. The getting started package. That's what we call it then. You're the expert. Okay. I love that one because it it's someone who knows a little bit or may know nothing. Mm-hmm. They want me to they want me to get them going. And and uh, and so I will take what they have. I'll spend an hour or two doing preliminary research. I may even consult other people's family trees at that point just to get a feel for what's out there and what else can be gleaned from the work that's out there, not necessarily digging into the uh, primary source records, but just getting an idea of what, what the family may be and where we can go. At that point, then, I contact the client and I make suggestions. I show them what I've found, how, how secure I feel about that information. I will say, this is from someone else's family tree, but it looks like it's probably your family. We can verify this information if you would like me to. Sometimes they will take that information and go on it themselves. Just take it and now I know what to do. Sometimes they'll say, yes, please, spend four hours on this. And then it becomes the next one, whichever, I don't remember what I called it, but it becomes the next one where it's basically brick wall research, where I'm not going to do any uh, broad spectrum searching. They're going to say, I would like you to spend four hours finding out about this couple, and that's what I'll do, Uh, obviously in the broader context of what I'd already figured out. But uh, those are my two favorite. I love to do that research. As far as presentations go, I can talk all day about genealogy, so... You know, give me a topic and I'm on it. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I mean, is there, you know, gosh, there's so much with that. What about in today's society? Like, you know, um, just a random question uh, with genealogy. How does this work? It's, it's an open-ended question, and I know you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. But, for example, I have my my... my my uh, sister's husband's side of the family. There's three people who have autism, right? Uh, is, uh-huh. is that discovered yet that, that there's a genetic link with autism? Do you just know anything about that? I'm just curious if that does pass down or what do people think about that? I have not seen any kind of um, report or research where they connect autism with genealogy. It's interesting, however, when you go into looking at families, for instance, in a census, or a newspaper article, they may talk about um, the accomplishments that someone has, and with the knowledge that we have in the modern day, we can look at it and say, oh my goodness, he probably had autism, or he probably had uh, a heart condition, based on the kinds of behaviors that are reported in those things. And a lot of, usually that sort of thing is found more in a family story than something else, but um, I haven't seen anything, again, I'm repeating myself, but I have not seen anything where someone has researched specifically 
um, autism relative to genealogical research. Okay. Well, thank you. Just a quick question out there. But obviously, we're discovering, for example, my mother had osteoporosis. I just was walking last week. I broke a bone. Hey, there's a good chance. There's a good correlation. I suffer from this at 45 and don't even know it. I'm seeing my regular doctor this Friday because maybe there is some bone density issues at this point. But there's so much that does pass down that that family tree, even medical conditions that people can be be brought to light. It can help people start doing some preventative measures on things getting as worse as they could right? Yes, I, I actually have a, a sister-in-law who has a, a pedigree chart. It looks just like something from genealogy, but it's the people in her ancestral family who have had colon cancer. Wow. And, um, and they have identified the gene that, uh, the gene mutation that, that creates that uh, health issue. And so in a family, it's really important, and it can. If you find out, for instance, that your grandmother was a hunchback, well, she probably had osteoporosis, right? Mm-hmm. So so there are things like that that we can glean from the stories and the traditions and perhaps newspaper articles. Uh, death records often will have um, cause of death, but then they have a contributing cause. So there can be... Uh, there can be health, family health information in the records we would normally use just for name, date, and place. Yeah. So, yes, very relevant. And I know you mentioned briefly um, in your family, was it your grandma? Was she the one who was your mentor? Yes. What was she my like? Grandma. Yeah. My grandma. So my grandma, this is the grandma who was the granddaughter of the Frenchman, the okay. French Swissman. Mm-hmm. Um, she just was fascinated with her family. And so when she discovered that I had a fascination with it, she just continued to tell me things. And and uh, she's primarily my notes are from conversations with her. She even continued into, well, until she, until she died, she would send me letters and say, I was thinking about Aunt Bessie. This is what I remember about Aunt Bessie. And uh, her, her knowledge and her encouragement was instrumental in me continuing uh, along my journey. Sometimes I wish she was here. I'm like, oh, Grandma, of I course. found it, of finally. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. But I, I've had others along the way. My, my p- maternal grandmother told me lots of stories, but she also told me to leave the skeletons in the closet. So it's like, ooh, we have skeletons. Let's go find them. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but um, when I was in my mid-20s, I started working in a, or I started researching in a family history center at an LDS church. They're, they have lots of records available for people. And there was a lady there who had been researching for about 30 years. And she was amazing. She took me to her home office, showed me how she organized her genealogy, and um, shared with me tips and cuts for research. And, and so that's, I've had people in, you know, off and on throughout my life who've said, well, have you thought about this, you know? And then you start getting involved in, for instance, I am a member of the Association of, of Professional Genealogists. And, um, and the standard there is called the Genealogy Proof Standard. You want to make sure that you're following these steps and making sure that your work if someone else came in and looked at your work, could they see that it is correctly done and um, authoritatively done? So uh, along the way, you meet people of all different kinds of backgrounds and and opinions that 
uh, that get incorporated into what I do, and, and it's been amazingly helpful. I just love Wonderful. it. Wonderful. Well, it's a pleasure getting to know you here today. We're just about out of time. Uh, do you want to leave us with maybe a, a, a quote or some inspirational words? You know, what I would say is make sure you find out as much as you can about your own family history and remember that you and your children and your grandchildren are also part of your family history. Write things down, even if it's not extensive. I, I read something recently about a man who kept a journal that his family treasures. He wrote one sentence a day. If you just write one sentence a day, it will be important to someone. Yeah, and it's never too late to start. Well, thank you again never. for being here. Would you mind sharing again how we can reach out to you? Absolutely. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed this. I can be found at genyourway.net, that's G-E-N-Y-O-U-R-W-A-Y.net, and I can be emailed at yourpedigree at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again for being here. Pleasure getting to know you and looking forward to the next time we get to connect as well. Thank you again. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it, too. Great. Stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back with more after the break. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. For nearly 2,000 severely injured veterans, everyday life has become filled with barriers. Day-to-day simple tasks can become pretty daunting. I have to carry my chair up two flights of steps or have somebody do it for me. What scares me the most is just the falling. When I'm struggling with my house, I think, you know, to have that one great barrier just knock down, I mean, it's, it's crucial. Home for Our Troops is a wonderful nonprofit that builds a mortgage-free, fully adaptive, handicap-accessible house, and there's no catch. It'll be our very first home that we've ever owned. This is a game changer. This is where your life begins again. We need you to join us in completing this important mission. Please visit hfotusa.org and help build homes and rebuild lives. Because of you, everything's going to be okay.